podcast, dun, dun, podcast, podcast, dun, dun, Patrick and Kevin talking about a bunch of shit, dun, dun, podcast, podcast, you gonna sing with me? Podcast, podcasts, <laughs> talking to each other, hoping you enjoy it, dun, dun. I was kind of doing a spin on Dora the Explorer there. Oh, I've, like, I've never seen Dora the Explorer in my life. <laughs> oh, sad. Okay, well, either way, welcome back to Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. And we got some pretty freaking cool things. Patrick, tell them your idea for today. Well, because Doctor Strange came out. Well, when we when when this airs, Doctor Strange will have been out for a couple of days, uh, and Logan will have come out that day. So, in honor of the superhero week, uh, I wanted to unleash our top ten superhero things. Since you want to do that anyway. It is ideal timing. It's what I do. Yes, I do really want to do that because I remembered on our Google Keep that there was a few things I wanted to ask you about. So let's just let me just before we do our movies, let's let me ask you about them. Okay. Number one, who? Okay, this. Okay, it's a little more convoluted than that. And again, just because I know, I know a few friends who listen to this, if we talk about comics too much, you can suck it deep because that is my favorite thing to talk about. It's the whole reason I want to do this podcast. Just listen to about <laughs> comic book characters and superheroes, which I am about, I, I'm two thirds of the way through The Dark Knight Returns, um, hmm, which I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. It, it makes, it, it honestly, I've never heard Batman told this way. And not just because he's older, but like the, um, the dynamic between the bat and Bruce Wayne. I've never seen mm. told in this way. I've always pictured them very differently and I I love it. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's absolutely great. The Joker is just showing up, so it's getting real saucy. <laughs> um I don't want to give anything away. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, but up until this point it's just been old man, he's like what, 60 in in this story or 50 or so, something. Yeah. He's like um, I think he's 60. And uh, he's just beating the crap out of people, and there's like this girl Robin that's really cool, and they don't. It's so fast paced, like everything just starts happening and just keeps happening, and I don't know. I really like it. The thing I'm starting to get, because with comics, I've I listened. I'm all caught up on Gifted Punksters now, and uh, well, on the ones I'm interested in listening to. No offense towards <laughs> the other episodes I don't like. I just there's there's ones that I know I enjoy. Like the minute I see the title, I'm like, oh, I have to listen to that. I'm gonna love it. Um, so I'm all caught up and like hearing you guys talk about uh, comic books and comic characters and how, you know, this character is like this and this character is like this. Like after reading, I'd say what, this is probably like my fifth major Batman story I'm reading right now. Every mm-hmm. single one is so is told not so different, but different enough that anyone's opinion on the subject is valid, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, there is, like, a... Well, I mean, the characters haven't existed for, like, 75 yeah, years. Yeah, since like the almost, 40s, right? Yeah. I think mean, the 75th anniversary was last year, I think. Yeah. Um, might have been the year before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, the, so, so there's been, like, a fucking myriad of interpretations over the course yeah, of that time. Because, I mean, that's the point. It may... If you just did the same thing over and over again, it'd be fucking worthless. Yeah, it would be a waste of everybody's time. But when some characters haven't done that, and that's why it gets boring, but... There's, um, I was, what was it? Oh, he guys were talking about the, um, Dark Knight Rises. And in my head, because Kevin doesn't like, other Kevin, Kevin Cardinal. Cardinal does not like the Batman, or uh, Dark Knight Rises. And he gave his reasonings, and they all made sense to me. 
like when I would hear him explain what the Batman is to him and I'd hear you explain what it is to you and then I feel like because I was telling you the other day I think Batman's kind of a bitch I'm kind of falling out of love with Batman um, which this story is turning that around but that's neither here nor there um, and then when I like pitched like remember the story I was telling you in our comic creation episode about mm. him actually like find, having being lost in space and not knowing what to do um, which the Dark Knight Returns touches on a lot because he does actually quit in this story you know, and Kevin's Batman would never quit, and your Batman. Th- Anyways, l- long story short, moral of it is nobody's wrong when they tell you a certain character is a certain way. They just choose to latch onto one interpretation. They choose to take it all together and go, oh, "I liked this aspect the most, so this is what the character means to me." It was just, it was very different. I like it. Well, I feel like it's actually that's that's you, you've kind of missed the target at the tree. I feel like it's not like that we latched on like one particular like iteration. It's that it's like we've kind of taken a little bit from all the different like iterations and okay. like in our head kind of formulated the perfect one. Which it depends. I mean, as I'm saying, like some different stories, yeah, they're closer than others in terms of like my interpretation. But I wouldn't say like my batman is necessarily like purely like let's say like chris nolan's or like oh okay yeah that's fair that's fair but so so for for example like i said um uh when i kept talking about how uh the batman and bruce wayne are one person like you can't be one without the other and you said in your opinion no they, they are separate people like if bruce wayne had to be himself he could and yada yada um i just think it's it's awesome that both are valid theories, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is what, it's basically what I'm getting around to. It's like my hippie way of saying everybody's right. And I love that. So just, just don't judge me. Just accept I'm me. Not that's that's I'm all not it is. <laughs> and, um, all right. So that was, I don't even know why I started bringing that up. The question I wanted to ask you was related to the X-Men. Oh, oh, that's how I got here. Okay, so the question is um, a little more convoluted than just a simple, this person can't die, or this person can do this. Who is the most powerful mutant in the X-Men universe? Like, specifically in their stories. I know their universe is Marvel, but in their stories and, like, their group. Who's the most powerful mutant? Well, this is the dumbest, easiest question. The Phoenix. (laughs) I mean, I guess technically the Phoenix is the mutant. Okay, the so that's what, I, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Like, the Phoenix right, could be anything or anyone in theory, kind of. But, I mean, then, then it gets difficult. Like, I mean, because it depends on how you define, like, powerful. Like, the like, I mean, I guess I would say Scarlet Witch because she managed to basically fucking create a new existence and basically unmake thousands, maybe millions of mutants and uh, House of M. So, wow. I mean, I would definitely say Scarlet Witch because of her ability to, like, basically rewrite reality as she sees fit. Me and uh, uh, Jeff were talking about our favorite villains and his, or no, mine, one of mine, I won't tell you what number because we might do this. Uh, <laughs> one number was Magneto, and I was reading, because um, everyone knows Magneto's super badass, I was reading his wiki page, his uh, Marvel encyclopedia page, and certain People have gotten more creative with his powers because magnetism is obviously baller if you want to just throw spears at people. But he can, like, you, he can obviously flip the polarity of the earth. He can use it to break. I can't remember how it explained it. He, he can create black holes 
by warping magnetic fields. He can create teleportation by warping black fe- black hole or by warping magnetism and creating black holes and like walking through them. It was all sorts of sci-fi goofiness that happens in comics. But that mm-hmm. made me think like if someone who in the movies they just show bending metal and lifting up stadiums and stuff like that could do way more is there and obviously Professor X is he's, you know, come on. <laughs> come on guys. <laughs> but what about like Storm? I mean, couldn't she, in theory, just, like, earthquake the world to nothing? I mean, yeah, I mean, in theory, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the reason I would say Wanda more than any of them is because Wanda, if she wanted to, could make any of them not exist. Okay, that's a pretty that's a pretty <laughs> fair point. That's, I guess, I guess wiping from existence is more intense than killing. Like, or just, just like stripping their powers like she could i mean that's the thing like she really can do it like they've really kind of expanded like, like bendis when he kind of used her and you did like house of them and everything like they definitely like were like no, no no her powers are way more than you ever thought they could be so i mean <laughs> that's kind of neat um oh yeah that was just i was racking my brain because when i made my list i was like who's the cool because i know um they talked about when he's in cerebro uh, Professor X has the ability to just kill every mutant. Boom, done. You're out of here. Got no time for you. Or, you know, not just mutants, anything in general. Mm. God damn. Remember how I told you? Okay, so I was just telling Patrick a second ago that me and Franny are looking into buying a house, and um, I put on uh, the realtor.com just, hey, I would like more information, you know, thinking this is the 21st century and people are going to email me pictures and like a, a paragraph about what I'm interested in. Nope, I got immediately after I hit send a text, about two minutes after that an email, and I've received two phone calls since the beginning of us recording about this <laughs> nonsense. I don't have time for this. This is all done electronically. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, what was I saying? Where did I go with that? What was I doing? I couldn't say. <laughs> all right, moving on. We are going to do our favorite superhero movies, and... We're not going to go super quick, but we're going to the I I feel like like the did you do 10 or 5? A 10. Awesome. I feel like 10 through 5 should just be like this movie because I like it and then once we hit 5 we really then we can slow down and you know cuz otherwise every list episode I've done with you and Jeff have gone way too they've gone like an hour and a half and that's before we got to do the other fun stuff. So um that's why we'll do it that way. Would you like to start or would you like me to start? Uh, it's up to you. Killer choice. Also, is this a very strict one movie counts per slot? Or, for example, if I'm like, I can't choose between The Amazing Spider-Man and the original trilogy, can I just say the first trilogy of Spider-Man? No, you have to be specific. Balls. Okay, well, <laughs> did you say I'll start? Uh, I said dealer's choice, so if you want to start, you can start. Well, who? if I start, who's that put... That puts okay, fine. Okay, I'll start. All right. Jesus. Okay. I was trying to think this out. That way, I could be the last person. So I will go second, then. That okay. way, I get the last. You go. Okay. Um, again, I'm not doing order because I mean, like, this will be like a loose order. I mean, it could change based. On We're the not day. letting him out of this. When this is said and done, it's definitively his one through ten. I mean, I'm not saying it's not in my top ten, but I'm just saying like it's not necessarily going to be like this is number ten because actually, this actually would be much higher on the list but I put it at 10 just because I wanted to space out different choices so um for like the first one I'm selecting it's Batman Begins uh, oh okay okay I... because I said before and I will say again right now 
like that was fucking revelatory to me because I, I grew up on like the Tim Burton and the Schumacher ones and like it was just so fucking frustrating because I, I would not probably read comics my whole life if it wasn't for those movies especially the first Tim Burton movie but like as somebody who had read comics their whole life watching those again was fucking painful and when I first saw Batman Begins, it's for one, the first time that something has actually lived up to my expectations and one of the few times it's actually happened. And for two, it was literally like somebody cracked my head open. It was just like, hey, Pat, what kind of Batman movie do you want to see? And they made that fucking movie. Like it's, <laughs> it's literally what I would have made. bulky Christian Bale, and I loved it. Oh, Indeed. man, when he's doing, like, the push-ups on the pillar things, and it's just... Ugh, I'm sorry. When hot men start working out on camera, I just I just forget I'm married for a few minutes. I'm like, wait a minute. What? What? I, I don't know what to tell you, you on that one. You don't I mean, share the same reaction? No, I'm, you I'm don't straight, at least but... You don't at least, like, kind of go, wow, that's that guy took his time to get there. You don't just, like, admire the the pure masculine beauty that it is? No. Well, you should sometime. Just saying. Think about it. Like, watch. Just sit back and watch. Like, uh, I don't know, the Wolverine when he get, when he gets his healing factor back, and then he gets all he freaks out, and he's all like, rrr, rrr, "I'm gonna get you!" And you're like, "Wow, he got him." He's he's like super flexing, and the veins are all popping. Just give that a gander. Give it give it a goose and a gander. I mean, probably not, but okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, Batman Begins is great. It's not my favorite in the trilogy, but and and it's don't don't spoil either. don't spoil anything. Whoa, 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 whoa! But uh, it's yeah that that's deserving of anyone's favorite movies. My number ten is also an original, and similar to your point that it could have gone higher. The only reason I like I have such strong reactions to certain movies, and this one I was like blown away with initially, and then faded over time. Iron Man one. The like, first Iron Man is amazing. Yeah, but the the first time no, the first viewing of the first Iron Man is straight mind bending. Like I was like, this what? Because obviously CGI in that scale, like of that type, wasn't super. I, I don't know what it didn't look that real. Like I remember seeing Iron Man being like, is that a real suit? Like is Robert Downey Jr. flying through the sky right now? Kind of like people who saw. E.T. back in the day were like, well, that's a real alien. You're like, no, it's now you watch it and you're like, there's better stuff out there. But at the time, and he's funny and the origin story is good. The villain was all right, but it was for what it was supposed to be. I loved it. And it's just, it's just everything about it. Everything about it. No, that's the thing is like, uh, the first Iron Man, like, like that, the, the thing that John Favreau did that I don't think he gets enough credit for was he really fucking kind of took what Christopher Nolan had started with um the batman begins and basically like the whole idea of basically bringing superheroes in the real world like how what superheroes be like in the real world and managed to like basically up the ante on that and make it feel super real even though it's even more like ridiculous than batman but at the same time like it was kept kind of it was like because the way i guess he described his pitch for it was um basically if uh you probably won't get this but uh uh, Robert Altman, the director, who was kind of like the Richard Linklater of like the 60s uh, and 70s. It's like if Robert Altman directed Superman and he basically made that movie and it's fantastic. Like that's the thing is like he definitely took influence from Batman Begins, but like it definitely is its own thing. And that's why 
I feel like that's the blueprint that every Marvel movie has followed since, and oh, it's for sure. worked out for them beautifully. Yeah, and they always people always talk about like in Marvel movies, like the villain is so so, except for the obvious standout villains. And that movie kind of started that, where it was like, yeah, the villain's good, but like it was like the last what ten minute fight scenes about all you get from the actual because when you read comic books like it's non-stop superpowers okay not non-stop but you know there's flashes all the time throughout whereas in the movies it's like they're learning oh they're doing it oh oh it's over it's kind of but it was my favorite it has my favorite like dramatic scene of any marvel movie and that's when he shoots the itty bitty rocket out of his wrist launcher and it destroys the tank as he walks away it's just a Mm -hmm. super cool scene but, yeah. Uh, well, no, that whole yeah, that whole sequence is amazing when he goes basically like, basically goes across borders and just do, and do does what needs doing. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, number nine. Um, again, I'm not this, the fucking order. Um, but uh, the, my, my next selection is Spider-Man Two. Ooh, Doc Ock. Yeah, like that thing is like that. I, for a long time, like I thought the first one was better, and then like I watched them all like in succession. And watching them again, like, Spider-Man 2 is by far the best of the three. And probably, I mean, I don't know what Spider-Man Homecoming's going to be like, but to date, the best Spider-Man movie ever is Spider-Man 2. And I love the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And I love all of the Raimi ones, even Spider-Man 3, which, I mean, it's hugely flawed, but I still really like it. But Spider-Man 2 is, like, the perfect Spider-Man movie in almost every way. It's it's the best of any that have I mean, there's been, what, five movies out now? Six, yeah. if you count his cameo in Civil War. It's um, more than a cameo. Like, he's he's pretty heavily involved. Cameo. Um, then, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, it's the best Spider-Man movie. And it's definitely the most emotional. Um, because, that, yeah, that was, like, what you and, Pat, or you and Cardinal also talked about was how Tobey Maguire wasn't necessarily funny, but he played, like, the distraught guy really, really well. And in that movie with everything that goes on especially the bad guy i don't know that actor's name he's phenomenal yeah alfred molina yeah he's great um all right my number nine was so i made a list of movies and then had to go through and uh number them my number nine is the avengers the first one good call good call yeah it's it's it it it, regard even if the movie had completely sucked even if that movie (laughs) was just pure trash it was still the goddamn avengers on the big screen it was like wait a minute you mean to tell me that for the past at this time it had been what three years of marvel movies like uh four, four, four 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 years the last four years of all these individual superhero movies which were pretty revolutionary in their own right because before that you had obviously nolan's batman movies but those aren't really comparable necessarily because they're quote unquote in the real world um Mm. and you've got like blade and you've got like the crappy daredevil and you've got the spider-man movies um these were like coercive and they were super character driven they were all these origin stories and then oh my god they're all together on the big screen without edward norton but we (laughs) all love ruffles we all think he's phenomenal and it was totally worth him and that has my second favorite uh dramatic thing ever where ruffles go I'm always angry. Turns into the Hulk and just they do that kind of slow motion punch of the big worm thing. Oh man. Oh buddy. Such a you good don't even, movie. Dude, you don't even know cuz the thing is like um for a long time, like pretty much my entire like pretty much late teens early 20s, like my singular goal in life was to make the Avengers movie. And then like when they first like said like Joss Whedon was doing it, I'm like I mean all right. Like he's he's definitely he'll, he's He's my hero. He's better than I'll ever be. So that's fine. 
<laughs> and then like <laughs> there was literally like a second that I took for myself when I was watching the movie. I remember I will remember, I'll never forget it because like the whole lead up to the movie was incredible. But like I literally was at one point where I'm sitting there and I took a moment out of the movie, like out of the story and out of myself just to like pause and just be like, you are sitting in a movie theater watching an Avengers movie. Like that is fucking that seemed impossible. Like that's the thing. That's the reason I and, wanted to do it so bad. I didn't think anyone would ever do it if I didn't. Even, and then the fact, the fact they finally did. That's it's amazing to me. Even less than that, if they had just like let's say the first Iron Man was so as you know because it was it was huge. It spawned the entire MCU. Um, the first Iron Man drops, and then all of a sudden they were just like, "Here's the Avengers." You, it would still be amazing, but you wouldn't have this entire like groundwork that got laid out and built it and built it and built it and created these like personalities and all that it still would have same casting same story it still would have been good but you wouldn't have gotten the same like pop from it you still it's so it it was just everything around the avengers that made it so good so yeah that's my number nine indeed no, number just, yeah. eight. Yeah. <laughs> but the next one um i'm gonna qualify because why i have to at this point which is annoying uh, I'm referring to the 80s, uh, but it's the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original. Oh, Teenage yeah, Ninja with Turtles the guys movie. in the suits. Yes. Uh, that, like, was, like, I think that was the first time in, like, that, that was actually, I guess, the first time ever that I can remember where it was, like, something meeting and exceeding my expectations. And my expectations were obviously lofty because I was a child. <laughs> so uh, you wanted um, everything. Well, yeah. So, like, just the fact that, like, I mean, I had read the comics and I had, like, um, I'd obviously seen the cartoon and then, like, seeing them in real life, like, that was just a moment that was just, like, I can't even put into words. Really like, quick, I remember my paint friends me the I. story of the first one, because I'm mixing up the first three. Don't, other than the time travel one, I'm mixing up how the story actually played out. Oh, basically, the first one was basically just, um, they, it's basically their origin, like, kind of their origin, story, but at least the origin of how they met April and Casey Jones. And uh, Shredder is basically uh, causing the rise of the Foot Clan. Okay. And it all comes to a head, and then okay. basically it, the, the final battles, the, all basically all of them versus Shredder. Okay, I think I'm remembering it. Yeah, um, but yeah, like that—that's like to this day. Like I still watch that all the time because I still I really love it. Like, and it's funny. It, it's, it was freaking hilarious. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's like it's even. I think Roger Ebert was just like, it's the best possible Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> like I was like, I, mean, I know you're damning it with faint praise, but your but your quote can also be taken like. It's the best possible <laughs> Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> so I was like, hell yes. It, it's, it's like, to this day, I still think it's like perfect. Like I, st- I just, I love it. So yeah, no, I love that movie. That's a good, that's a good, I haven't seen it in a long time. Next time I, I get a chance, I'm going to watch that. Uh, my number eight, we can pass right on by because it's already been said. It's Spider-Man 2. And it's not because of spider-man or mary jane or this or that it's literally all because of doc ock i freaking love doc ock i love that actor the fight scenes are really cool the the hardcore origin where he freaking the arms go nuts while he's passed out on the table and just murk everybody and then and and then he throws the car which is the really cool slowdown that's early on in the movie and you're like oh shit's hitting the fan just just yep yep okay moving on you're number seven <laughs> okay uh my next one you actually mentioned it even though you didn't mean to uh before but it's uh blade oh hell um, yeah yeah like a lot of you will point to blade 2 and i mean i do think blade 2 is amazing but like the first one just has like for one thing a really really strong villain like steven dorf wasn't able to do a lot but he did that really well 
and <laughs> he did one thing great, and it's alongside Wesley Snipes. So how are you gonna lose? And Wesley there? Snipes is, from all intents and purposes, but I understand, basically not a great person. But like <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> but as Blade, he's fucking, he's literally perfect. And then like just the fact that like it was a character that not only did I, but like nobody gave a flying fuck about. But like they managed to make it like everybody, especially everybody who likes monsters and comic books basically makes like everybody's favorite fucking character for a while like and to this day the reason i have like such a huge soft spot for blade is because like basically it's like they took two things i love where it's like comic book superheroes and like horror movies and monsters and just slammed them together and it works so beautifully that like i just it's 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 outstanding like i love it so much yeah blade's great blade 2 is the one with the uh white things with the open faces right the 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 predator faces um, <laughs> that was a good movie uh, so I have just should we I have a bunch of honorable mentions should I save them for right before we say our number ones or should I just get them out the way Um, it's up to you dude let's save them for the end that way if you're like why wasn't this on your list you'll know why then Um, okay. my number seven is probably nowhere on your list and I know the exact reason why but I'll still argue it is Watchmen you know how I feel about that you know how I know, much I knew, I'm into that. I knew you were oh. going to pick it. I knew you were going to oh. pick it. It should have been higher. Honestly, after looking at my list, like, okay, no, it shouldn't have been higher because I really like everything else that's above it. But <laughs> I'm surprised I like stuff more than how much I liked that movie at one point in time. It was the first comic or graphic novel I had ever read. So I started with a bang. It was phenomenal. The movie was, despite, you know, for you, I get it that it wasn't your exact thing. We talked about that right at the beginning. Like, everyone's interpretation is different. But it mm. was almost exactly what i had read in my head it was almost perfect kind of like uh, chris nolan universe for you except mm. the ending i actually yeah, no really shit. really missed the alien monster but i liked the way they did it for the movie because it made more sense cinematically if that like i i liked the way that they anyways um and dr manhattan as my favorite godly superhero ever he's not my favorite superhero but when it comes to uh like omnipotent figures he's he's untouchable i love him and he's i i almost actually because um we were in town we were back in my hometown and uh, i have a gift certificate to uh her cousin's tattoo parlor i was gonna swing by and get the hydrogen at him finally but he wasn't working and i didn't want someone else to do it i mean it's like a very complicated piece no it only it only takes a second but uh i didn't have the certificate with me and he told me he would do it for me but he wasn't going to be there that day he's like i know that you have it so i was just going to do it but i don't work and they won't do it and i was like all right fine yeah it works for me so um but yeah i'm still going to get that tattoo that's going to probably be my only superhero tattoo and it's going to be the most simplistic thing ever because the whole scene that explains so that's the one thing of all the things i felt it did weird because rorschach was a little more um uh, like gloomy than I pictured him in the comic books. I just pictured him completely dead when I read him exactly. in the comics. That's the thing. He's, um, he's not a badass. He's a sociopath. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there was a few things here and there. Dr. Manhattan, the way they told his origin, the way they showed him, the way they had him talk, that actor, everything about Dr. Manhattan was perfect for me. Like, absolutely perfect. Yeah, no. Um, I definitely will agree with you on that. Because, like, that's the thing. Is, like, one of the few things I have no problems with that movie, because I have a myriad of fucking problems with yep, that fucking movie. Yep. But uh, one of the few things I have no problems with is Dr. Manhattan. Like, Dr. Manhattan was pretty much as close to perfect as you can possibly hope to get. Sweet. Um, all right, num- what are we on? Six? Six. I don't, I'm not doing the stupid counting thing, but all right. 
Um, oh, we're the next doing one, it. The next one on my list is uh, The Incredibles, because that was one where it was just like, it, even in the time before, like, superhero movies were, like, saturating the marketplace, like, that was one that I think everybody knew was special. And it's like, it's like, it's like the best, maybe the best team superhero movie ever, even including with the Avengers and shit, just because like it handles like the human character. Cause that's the thing that Pixar, they've kind of lost their way a little bit in recent years, but the thing they did really well for a really long time was like their handling of character was beyond reproach. So it's like the character work is so perfect that you kind of, you can't help but love that movie because you can't help but love those characters. And you can't, like, it just, it's, 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 it's as close to perfect as, like, superhero movies get. And it has Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yes, win, win. No, that is, uh, I think I actually have a Pixar list on here. Nope, I just have an overall Disney list which it doesn't t- top my overall Disney, but it is my favorite Pixar movie ever, without a doubt. Um, oh, yeah, I, definitely. I mean, it's, it's very close. Toy Story with, are really close. Yeah, yeah. yep. I was going to say Toy Story. For me, Finding Nemo, I know how you feel about that, but for me, Finding Nemo, and then um, if you've seen it, Inside Out. Is, oh, yeah, I, I do oh, like Inside Out. Yeah, that's I mean, a good one. To me, the only runoff is between Toy Story and Incredibles. That's the only thing that's that's, a, that's the only difficult choice. So I I live for this kind of forcing me to do something I don't want to do, which is why I'm so like adamant on the numbering of the lists. But I'm so upset that my number six isn't higher. It's Hellboy Two: The Golden Army. I, I oh hi sweetie. Um, I <laughs> love <laughs> love that movie so much. I I debated between that and the first one. I couldn't really. Like, to, to me, that's why I was asking you, that and the Avengers was why I was asking if I had to clarify. Because for me, Avengers 1 and 2 are both equally good. And for me, Hellboy 1 and 2 are both equally good. So, But if I have to pick the Golden Army, I saw it like three times in theaters. The um, like set pieces and the makeup and the monsters they create and the world and all this fun stuff. And like the scene with the Earth Giant that comes up, I didn't expect that, even though in the last, in the first movie they had... I don't even know what you would call that tentacle monster. But still, it just it, it took a very like beautifully told story as far as visually goes, because I really like the way that movie well, anything Guillermo del Toro does. Um, and it just made it better. It expanded on it. It made it more colorful, more vibrant, it added more uh characters to it as far as like uh dynamics with the German guy. I don't remember Klaus, I don't remember his name, something like that. Um yeah, um, I too. think it's funny is the the fact that you 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 did that. My next one, my next pick is Hellboy. So we can actually talk about Hellboy for a hot minute. Perfect. Because um, yeah, like that was really weird the way that worked out. Um, but yeah, like I I prefer the first one. I do think the second one's great. Don't get me wrong. But um, the first one just like it was because it was a comic that I like I was aware of and like I didn't really like to this day like I. I think Hellboy comics are fine, but like the first Hellboy movie is one of the greatest fucking things I've ever seen. And it's where it's, it's something where basically like it was Del Toro's dream project for all by all accounts. And he really showed me why he liked it so much. Like, mm-hmm. cause like this thing is like, I had no interest. I mean, I just, I was really interested really. Cause at the time I was already kind of a Del Toro fanboy, And then like, I watched it and I'm just like, 
holy Christ, like this is why he cares so much. Cause this, this, if this is what he sees in his head, this is fucking amazing. Like, I wish I saw this when I read the comics. Like, this is fucking spectacular. Deep. And, like, just the character relationships and the character dynamics and, like, it's just, it's it's so fucking good, dude. They've got, they've got uh, heaven and hell dynamics. They've got a love story. They've got punching Nazis. You know how much I love stories about punching out Nazis. So it's so good. They've they've got um, the other world in the second one and the silly golden army fight scene that I just thought was phenomenal and they keep putting themselves to back together and that was funny. Um, they have arguably my favorite depiction of death in every, any movie ever, which is the uh, like multiple eyes on the wings thing. I don't even know how to describe that monster that they did in the yeah. second one. Um, and unfortunately, oh, and like I said before, and I'll say it again, Patrick, Ron Perlman cannot put out a bad performance. He's he's I, un, he's untouchable. I love Ron Perlman. I am not arguing with you. No, remember last time I was like, can you think of even because every actor has something they were like that? Yeah, that was shitty. Ron Perlman doesn't have it. He's just too good. Too oh no, Alien Resurrection's good. a piece of shit, but he's good in it. <laughs> exactly. He that yeah okay yes that's what I meant was their performance not a, just yeah. a shitty movie. Um. What was I had I had a I, oh they uh, Guillermo del Toro just posted recently I think you shared it around he's like sorry guys Hellboy three is not happening no matter what I know that it hurts don't me even. so much yeah it's the Ron Perlman pushed for it everybody pushed for it and they were just I don't I don't understand how so many people can want it including the people making and starring and it still not happen it doesn't well, make no, any in sense in this to case me. that was the whole thing it's basically del Toro posted on Twitter. Where he was like, if this gets, I can't remember what it was. It was like, uh, like a half a million uh, likes. Um, then we'll, then myself, Perlman, and Magnola will sit down and have a conversation about Hellboy three, and it mm-hmm. got that in like a matter of hours. So they sat down, and for whatever reason, it didn't come together. Hey I don't guys, know why. do you I like being never... rich and famous? Me too. Would you like to be more rich though? No, I'm good now. You know, it's very clear that well, I mean, at the, least me, the a half a million people are showing sense. up. The thing that makes the most sense to me is that Magnola was probably the holdout because... Who's he? Which one's he? He's uh, the, the... guy who created... The guy who what? The guy who created Hellboy. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because um, Del Toro obviously wants to do it. Perlman's been pushing for it for years. So if the three of them sat down and they came out of that room without doing it... I'm guessing it wasn't the first two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Oh, well, it's sad, but we've got two very, very good movies to to hold us over. It's like, oh, no, they're not making more greatness. I guess I'll just deal with this mediocrity. It's like, no, this is phenomenal. Be happy you have it. Um, my number five, we can... This is surprising me how similar our lists are. My number five, we can roll right on through. It's The Incredibles. Like I said, favorite Pixar movie favorite superhero movie it has all my favorite superpowers and super speed and super strength and i guess super stretchiness no um frozen power i would always want is uh either telekinesis or stretchiness stretching yeah i mean it would be cool i mean i guess you could do more fun stuff than just reach stuff that's really far away but i really like frozen when i was younger my my well not my favorite everyone knows my everyone's favorite x-men forever will always be wolverine he's the king but uh my second favorite X-Men was Fro- um, uh, Iceman. I thought I just like that power. The idea of ice is just cool to me. Fair um, enough. No, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I love that movie. So, yeah, and he, and he's hilarious. Frozone's super funny. Um, but yeah, that and the little 
which is why I'm super excited for The Incredibles 2 that comes out in a year or two. Um, the little, like, post-credits slash DVD extra scene of the baby, like, flashing through all his powers at, at home with the babysitter was hilarious, and I was really hoping that would spawn something immediately. Like, all of Disney does. Netflix is like, here, let's just make these really shitty uh, How to Train Your Dragon shows and all these random licensed Toy Story Halloween bullcrap. And nope, no Incredibles. Just don't worry about it. It's gone forever until well, the I think because well, I think that was because, I mean... Honestly, like that's the thing that always astonished me is I was like, we have cars fucking too. But we, I we know this, this sequel nobody uh, asked for. We, we had Cars it. one, even uh, though it was an all right movie, it is nothing compared to most of Pixar. Yeah, last um, thing is like Cars. Cars was the first time Pixar was mediocre, and Cars two was the first time P- Pixar sucked. Um, but uh, but yeah, like the Incredible. I think it was once because that's that's Brad Bird's baby. So I feel like he definitely wanted to leave animation for a while. I mean, because he did like um, Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible Four, and then he mm-hmm. did uh, Tomorrowland, and now he's coming back to it. I think he finally is just like, well, I proved I can just do films in whatever the fuck medium you want. It's just I'm choosing to go back to animation. So I think that's why he. <laughs> you don't happening. dictate my life, you bunch of bitches. <laughs> well, because I know he had said for like a long time he was like he got personally offended when people would be like calling animation a genre. He's like. You can do whatever genre you want in animation. Like, it's not a fucking genre. It's just, yeah. like, a, it's, a, it's a medium. Yep. So, yeah. So, I think he's just finally, like, ready to come back to it, which is why it's finally happening. I do think it sucks it took so long, but, I mean, I do think it'll be awesome. Uh, number four. Oh, for me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, number, well, I'm not, I'm not numbering. Just um, say it. The Crow is uh, Oh, next I didn't even think of that. I didn't even. Oh man, I feel like a bitch. Yeah, the crow's great. Say your thing. Yeah, the crow was like that's another one of the situations where it was like a movie that I saw on like TV where it's, and like I taped it and watched it with my brother because it was just like we had we like I had literally like I was a really huge fan of um, Brandon Lee's like long before he died and made the crow like I was a really big fan of his. Um, he did this fucking terrible movie uh, <laughs> called. Uh, showdown in little tokyo with dolph lundgren but he's awesome in it like he's fantastic in it um and then he did this other pretty crappy movie um called rapid fire which to me the fact that he didn't become a huge star after that movie fucking astounds me because he is better than most action movie action stars at that point and i mean i think the crow would have been his fucking final breakout but like it's just, it's, I don't know, dude. It's like, I've, I, I was a fan before I even think, and like, actually the first graphic novel, novel I ever read was The Crow because I knew they were making a movie and I was just like, well, fuck. So I um, guess I have no choice now. So I read that. It's completely different than the movie. Well, not completely, but it's very different than the movie. Um, but they're both awesome. But yeah, the movie, like, it is a perfect crystallization of, like, what you would think of superheroes in the 90s being. Where it's like, they're not it's not fucking like bright costumes it's not fucking like it's the exact there's literally only three colors in that movie yeah pretty much and <laughs> like black white and red um and orange there's orange in there um, um, a, a smattering some blue um but yeah but that's the thing is like um it's basically and like and there's like it's not, he's not fighting like over the top villains like they're just they're basically like real people like real like just thugs like it, gangsters yeah, it, it feels like real, yeah, and like that's the whole thing. Is basically, it's a perfect crystallization of what I wanted. Like, cause I think it's like when I was at that point, it was like when I was 
I mean, because it was, it was coming off the 80s in comics where, like, comics had kind of gotten more mature, like, with, like, Ellen Moore doing Watchmen and, like, Greg Miller doing, like, Dark Knight Returns and shit. And so it basically just, like, it was something that clearly had resonated with people. So, like, it, it shouldn't have been a surprise it was such a big hit. Um, but, yeah, like, it, and, it's, it's, and there's a reason that that movie they've tried to do... Because basically every Four one of other them, or three other times, right? There's been the three same, sequels. That's what I'm saying. Every time they try to do it, it's basically the same story. But the problem is that like it was just this perfect storm of like this perfect actor, this perfect director, this perfect writer, this perfect story, and you just fucking put it together at, at the perfect time. Yeah, exactly. And you put it all together, and it's just magic. Like it just it's pure fucking spectacle. Like I love it so much. I have Eric Draven tattooed on the back of my leg. Like. Yeah. I, yeah, I just can't that, say enough. To that, do that. It's a it's basically a portrait of hit of the first movies crow, not yeah. just like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 Brandon Lee as the crow, yeah. Yeah. Or as um, damn, I'm really mad I didn't think about that. That would have I, I don't know where it would have landed after looking at my list, but that definitely would have pushed something out. Um oh well. Yeah, live and learn. Uh my number oh man, again, I'm so sad my number four isn't like a one or something like that, but it's Deadpool. You remember how much I talked about Deadpool after watching that. Um, that, that was one of my honorable mentions, so yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, Ryan Reynolds, I've, I love always and forever. Just Friends is one of my favorite movies. I actually really love the Amityville Horror remake, even though it was not well received. Um, I don't love it, but I do really like him in it. Yeah, like, he's good in it. That. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's funny. It's, I, a lot of people, again, I haven't read a lot of Deadpool comics, but they say it's really, really true to the character it's absurd it's got great cgi it was done i I don't know how i would word that but anyways i went to that i saw that movie as well i don't watch movies multiple times in the theaters i saw that one three times as well so it's like of of my list there's three different movies that i've viewed multiple times in the theaters and uh I, I can't say enough good things about that movie. It gets... A, okay, so everyone jokes, and you've even... I heard you guys talk about it, like, superhero fatigue. People do get bored. Like, my parents, who have enjoyed watching, like, the original Iron Man when it was on TV that one time, are like, really? Mm-hmm. Another superhero movie? I'm like, yes, Mom, and no, shut up. I enjoy it. You know, Franny's like, wow, how many... When we went and watched uh, Suicide Squad, she's like, isn't this, like, the fifth one this year? I'm like, no, it's the fourth one this... You just shut up and come <laughs> to the movies. Um, that movie did not feel like a superhero movie while being a perfect superhero movie or anti-hero, whatever you want to call it. It was so good. It was so good. No, no, no. Yeah, that's it. that made my honorable mentions. Um, it almost made my proper list, but like, it got edited out by Ninja Turtles. Um, oh, that's fair. For, for, for you, as I, yeah. what I know of you, that's fair. Um, but yeah, no, Deadpool, like, I think it's, another, it's, another, it's a character, like, I think it's like, because Kevin really loves the Deadpool character, I Kevin Cardinal. Yeah. Um. I really. I mean, I've liked him in certain things. Like, I really liked him in uh, Rick Rick, Rick Remender used him really well in Uncanny X Force. Um. Alesh Cott used him really well in uh, uh, Secret Avengers. Like, there's definitely been stuff that I've liked, but I was never a super huge fan of the character. And um, it was literally just a matter of like they had shown that leaked like that leaked footage got out there, and it was I was like, oh, I would totally see that movie. Like that definitely that that looks fun as shit. And then um, basically just the uh, the bit where he jumps into the car and takes out the dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the car crash, the very beginning scene, the very first scene. Um, but yeah, like the maximum effort, if you will. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, like that thing is like so like when they were like saying they were gonna make it, I'm like I'm totally down. And that thing is like, and then I literally had no idea it would be as good as it was. Like, if you want to hear my complete thoughts on it, we actually Kevin Cardinal and I on Gifted Puncture did like a whole episode on yep. it. Yep. Um, it's a good one. But too. like, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like the fact that they managed to like make the characters like all the characters it, like characters that I really care about. I was really invested in the love story. and I really invested in both Wade and Vanessa, like literally like there is almost nothing I can say about that other than the fact that I think, uh, Ajax is kind of a weak villain, but I mean, I you, still think he's damn good. He's you just, can't have a strong villain with Deadpool though. It's just exactly, like, you have to play on the silliness. That's why I thought the next movie, like when they when they said Cable, I'm like that's perfect because he's like basically like a really a perfect foil for Deadpool. Usually, what he needs more than a villain, yeah. Kevin really Nash for a villain. as Cable will be what I'm dreaming of. Dear God, I hope not. Oh, um, oh yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, like I definitely, like I definitely think the movie is amazing. Like I saw that opening day, well, before opening day, like I always do, uh, like that Thursday. Yeah, and it was just knocked on my ass by how much I fucking enjoyed it. So good. Uh, number th- oh, shit, we're in our top three. Number three. My, I'll actually, I'll, for the num- for the top three, I will go order. Uh, yeah, number three uh, is X2, a.k.a. X-Men United, X2, X-Men 2, um, which is, to date, um, probably the most perfect, like, the, probably the most perfect crystallization of what the X-Men are to me is really, like, is closer to, like, Days of Future Past. But, like, as far as just pure, like... What I wanted, I guess another situation where it was just like, I live, I really loved the first one because I grew up on X-Men comics and like that was one of the few like that I had to like fucking wait for, um, like through my teens. And like, so like by the time that I saw it, it was like, fuck yes. And then like, so like when X-Men 2 was coming out, like my expectations were even higher and it was literally like, it just, it, it took. floored it your just, expectations. It, it destroyed my expectations. It was just like, it was way better than I could have ever expected. Like it literally like, exactly how i picture wolverine like that little bit with uh the whole sequence with him in the uh mansion taking out the bad oh, guys like, like where he jumps down off the ledge and grabs the two and tosses him all of that like that thing is like i that's stuff that i've been thinking about in my head and seeing on like in panels on pages since i was like able to read hell before i was able to read and it was just finally getting brought to life before my eyes in exactly the way i pictured it and, like, they use, like, uh, Colossus, who's always been one of my favorite X-Men villains, who actually they use in Deadpool as well, as we just mentioned. Yeah, uh, X-Men, X-Men heroes, you mean? He's not a villain. That's what I, did I, I don't know what I said. But yes, yeah, you okay, said yeah. villain. No worries. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they use the Colossus, who's like, one of my favorite characters. Um, I mean, that's the, like, and, I mean, the Gene-Logan relationship, like, the, the way they did Nightcrawler, like, literally, there's just nothing. I have nothing against, like, because I think it's, like, Cardinal has, like, he doesn't really like the Brian Singer X-Men movies. And I think he's a fucking crazy person because I think that, that movie as far as I'm concerned is as about as close to a perfect superhero movie in most ways you can possibly get. Um, yeah, that movie's phenomenal. And, uh, we'll move on my number three. So our top three are the exact same movies in a different order. Basically is what I'm gathering. My okay. number three is Captain America Winter Soldier. That movie That's my number two. So yeah, yeah, and so. my number two is X two. So okay. <laughs> we just we flipped those two. So I'll just say my piece on X two really quick, then I'll move into Captain America, then you say Captain America, and then we'll both talk about our number one together. Okay. Um X two, my uh 
hands down my two favorite things about that movie one nightcrawler that opening scene with him teleporting all around and all that kind of stuff was beautiful it was so well done the animation was good the like the choreography was good the kind of like twist on it that he was being controlled the the magneto dynamic how they kind of work together was cool i i just i just it's it is it despite being not my number one even though it's my number two it is as perfect as a superhero movie can get like i would i would argue that it's a better superhero movie than my number one even which i know you probably disagree with but i just have more oh it definitely is i have more invested in in number one as superhero movie goes yeah like yeah totally um i have more invested in my number one but yeah so x2 is phenomenal but number three captain or my third which is your second um captain america winter soldier is without a doubt the greatest mcu movie just untouchably it has super there is no doubt it has no super doubt, strong villains it has super strong uh like team like it, it's it's almost it's i mean just like civil war was very clearly like a basically a spiritual successor to avengers and whatnot without having the title there um mm. it, it had the team up of falcon and black widow and him it was super long well, not super long, but it was like it was like two hours and forty minutes or something, wasn't it? I don't remember. Exactly Crazy long. Um, you have like two, three different major twists that happen throughout it with Bucky, with Nick Fury, with all of with uh, um, Shield being turned. But none of them felt outrageous. Like the movie, play, the the pacing of that movie, I was never bored. I was never like, um, what do you call it when you get kind of like. Uh, I was never fatigued with how fast paced it was. Mm. I was never like completely thrown off base that I felt like an idiot. I was never dumbfounded by it. Was it's just laid out in such a way, and it has the the opening scene with him because I'm not a big Captain America guy. I know he's one of your favorite superheroes, but I'm not a big Captain America guy. The very open opening scene where he's punching the guys out on the boat made him more threatening in my eyes. Like it made him seem way stronger than. I gave him credit for being, if that makes sense. I was like, oh shit, he's doing it. He's doing it right now. This is happening. Um, that movie is is too good. Too good. Well, and it's thing, emotional like as me, all heck. I remember last thing that's funny is like I can this is like, I don't think I've ever told I don't I don't I don't know if I I'm I don't think I've ever told anybody. Um I remember um when I used to live in my crappy uh town that I came from, Sarah Lake, um, where there was no comic book store. The nearest comic book store was an hour away and at the time I didn't drive. So, um, when I came back, when I got back into, into collecting comics again, um, I had to walk, um, downtown into the newsstand and basically just get what they had. And at a certain point they knew me. So they would just like, when the new comic showed up, they would just just give my, my pick of everything. So like, um, one day, like there were these, there was an Iron Man number one and there was a Captain America number one. And the Iron Man number one was a no-brainer because Warren Ellis wrote it, and I fucking love Warren Ellis. I did then, I do now. Uh, Captain America number one was almost like a difficult sell because I was just like, I love Captain America, but I don't know who the fuck Ed Brubaker is. And then I was just like, you know what? <laughs> Who's joke side? Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. So like, I brought home those issues. Um, I'm reading uh, the first issue. The end of it, it appears that. Uh, the Winter Soldier, even though you don't know that that's his name yet, um, has assassinated the Red Skull. And I was just like... Oh, snap! 
I was like, I don't know who the fuck Ed Brubaker is, but the fact that he had the balls to kill the Red Skull in his first fucking issue, I will follow this guy wherever the fuck he goes. And for the next, I think he, I think he wrote the book for like just about ten years, maybe a little bit more or less. For the entire tenure of that book, I was never not once collecting it and reading it top the top of my stack every month. Like my favorite storyline is the Winter Soldier, and I don't mean just like my favorite storyline of that run. My favorite Captain America storyline is the Winter Soldier storyline. One of my favorite storylines, period, in, in all of fiction is that storyline. Um, I've got to so read like, the comic now. i got to get a hold of it. Yeah, when they first announced uh, like the next slate of Marvel movies, and one of them was Captain America the Winter Soldier, I literally jumped off. I think it was I was on either a chair or a couch. I literally jumped up, and I was just like, fuck yes, because that was what I'd been begging for for so long. And what the Russo brothers did, which I didn't think they could do, but the, what the Russo brothers did was they literally took Ed Brubaker's Captain America and brought him to life on the big screen in a way that I didn't think that like that Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel would have had the balls to do. And I was so excited that he did where it's like, I got America that is not like he's, his personality is very much like a goody two shoes but he's still a fucking soldier. He's still going to like put motherfuckers down. Like he, yeah, he's going to try to save people, but he's it's not one of those like, yeah, you didn't kill anybody, but you incapacitated them and incapacitated them in such a way that you basically did. Well, as I'm saying, like he doesn't like he doesn't want to kill people, but I'm just saying like he's still going. I mean, he's going to do what he has to do. Yeah, to make he's sure a that, soldier. Like, exactly. So like that thing is like that opening scene that you did, like the boat scene. That was literally like when I was watching that scene, I was like, oh, thank fucking god! Like I literally like. I was so relieved because I was with uh, Kenny and Justin and I was so relieved because I was just like, this means that this, they got this right. I literally almost cried. I'm just like, yeah, cause he wasn't, he wasn't punching Nazis. He wasn't punching aliens. He wasn't punching, you know, supervillains. He was just punching guys out to get what he needed to get. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, and then I like, I ended up, um, although I do love watching him punch Nazis just for the record. Indeed. Me too. But um, but yeah, no. If you actually look at like my Instagram posts um, around the time that movie was coming out, I often would like put stuff up about Winter Soldier and stuff, and I'd always tag it like uh, "Who the hell is Bucky?" Because my favorite moment in the uh, comic was there's a moment when basically like Bucky's the Winter Soldier, he's on a hill taking people out, and you don't know for sure at this point because it's comics, so you don't you're just looking at a picture, so you can't hear people's voices. Yeah. So like caps like Bucky. And he basically just finishes loading the gun and says, like, who the hell is Bucky? And then just keeps going at it. And I always loved that moment so much. But like, whenever we, when we were about to go to the movie, I kept tagging everything. I would hashtag it, who the hell is Bucky at the end of it. And then, like, we were watching the movie, and there was a moment where, like, they like they nailed it. When, when, he, like, the, when the mask Bucky's gets thrown face. off, yeah. yeah. He, he knocks his mask off. And, like, and Steve goes, Bucky. And then, like, Sebastian Stan is like, who the hell is Bucky? And Justin's just, like, literally said, so like, Oh, <laughs> they did it. They did it. I get it now. It's all coming around full circle, Patrick, full circle, <laughs> which is funny because I was like, I, when we first started going to those movies, I remember very vividly, I went to uh, Thor with uh, with them and like there's like the moment when like uh, Hawkeye shows up and I was just like, fuck yeah, Hawkeye. And like Kenny's like, who the fuck is Hawkeye? I'm just like, never mind. <laughs> and there's that moment in Winter Soldier when um they like grab Sitwell and they go up to like the top of the building and like basically are interrogating him. And he's just like, it's like, we want our potential threats like you, Stephen Strange. And like Kenny and Justin both like, 
is that Doctor Strange? And I'm like, holy crap, this is, what, this is how far we've come in society. Like, my <laughs> nerdery has become a thing. Like, the the script flipped. Patrick's like, full circle, full circle, guys, we did it. Exactly. But yeah, but that movie, like, that thing is like, that's literally, that is, as far as I'm concerned, probably the perfect MCU movie. I don't know if Infinity yeah. War can top it. I damn hope that they do just by virtue of the fact that, like, I know that they want to try. And I definitely, I mean, I'm always going to hope they succeed. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be dicey because of not be, they've shown they can use a lot of characters, but that many characters to make them all feel complete and justified. It's going to be tough, but I'm sure it's going to be amazing without a doubt. I have full trust. Marvel has not proved me. He's, they have not proven me wrong yet. No. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I've never been disappointed by them. Not yet. No. Um, before we say our number one, cause I'm, I'm, I am 100% confident. We both have the same number one. Um, yeah. my honorable mentions just to rattle them off are uh, that I besides the crow because I didn't get damn it. Um, Batman vs Superman and Suicide Squad we've talked about in length. I don't know if we've done it on the podcast, but I love both of those movies so much. Um, Blade was on mine. The Punisher with the the Tom Jane one, um, yeah. and then uh, the last honorable mentions I have, which I am not as hard on as everyone else is, is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I love Guardians. No, it's 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 good, and and I definitely loved it. But I, it's the same thing you've always talked about with expectations. I went into that movie with literally every single one of my friends saying it was that it was either their favorite or one of their favorite Marvel movies. It rivals the Avengers. It's better than this. It's better than that. Just watch it. You're gonna. It's fun. It's Star Wars for this generation. It's yada yada. So I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I've got. And I was like hyperventilating. I watched the movie and I was like, yeah, that was fun. That was that was a good time. Like I, like I enjoyed it, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't I didn't get laid out like I did for like let's say uh the first time I watched Iron Man or the first time I watched Captain America Winter Soldier. I was just like, yeah, that was a fun time. Like those characters are are quirky. That was really good. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I am more excited for than almost any movie ever, but the first one just kind of left me like everyone fluffed it so much that it it kind of fell, but still, great movie. Do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, but I think I will say on the Guardians thing, I don't feel like you're giving enough credit to the fact that I know your expectations are a thing, but I was like, they managed to, like James Gunn is such a genius. He managed to take um, Chris Pratt, who, yeah, he was good on Parks and Rec, but like who the fuck would have thought he could be a lead in anything? They took a fucking talking tree and a talking raccoon and made them into like megastars on the level of like, Iron Man and Captain um, America. And yeah, Thor. the freaking merch they sold on Groot alone is probably through oh, the no. roof. And most of all, they managed to take how like stilted and wooden of an actor uh, Batista is and turn that into <laughs> a strength. I was actually they telling my friend they, they Beaker that every weakness and turn it to a strength in that movie. Like, I, I remember, like, I had heard like the thing where like um, Joss when because he was basically like the kind of like the second to Kevin Feige during like his tenure between Avengers and Avengers two. And I guess when he brought up the idea of doing guardians, uh, Joss is like, I mean, I guess when I was a kid, like I liked rocket raccoon and stuff, but like for a wide audience. And then like, probably Feige is like, we're thinking about, uh, James Gunn. And he's like, Oh, then you're fine. <laughs> like, and that's, like, that's he is such a fucking brilliant filmmaker that he managed to take a bunch of things that seemed like they would not work and make it work in a way that is fucking spectacular. I, uh, I, 
I actually said when that movie was, uh, when I had finished watching it, because I watched it with Beaker, um, I was like, uh, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but Batista's character, um, Drax. Drax. I was like, that was my favorite character in the whole movie. He's like, really? Like, he's he's kind not like the least important because there is no such thing, but he's like, he's what I would consider the fifth. And I was like, no way, man. Number one. He was hilarious to me. His inability to understand anything, which is probably how Batista is in real life. Don't come at me, Batista. You can beat me up. You don't have to prove anything. But I was just like that. That that made it better to me. He was he was hilarious, and that's why I'm excited for number two. Like of all the trailer stuff, when he's laughing at a uh, Chris Pratt's character as Star Lord for <laughs> for the person who can t- tell your feelings, I lost it. I thought that was great. I love the little bit in the first show where just like, you need to find somebody who's pathetic, like you. Yeah. <laughs> and like, do you need a hug? No, I do not. And then he starts hugging you like, oh, and I said no. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, yeah, the, the Batista stuff is great. But yeah, no, my honorable mentions all run down. Uh, you already mentioned Suicide Squad. I have made my love for Suicide Squad. I've proclaimed, I don't care what anyone fucking says. That's it's so me. Good. It's by far the best uh, fucking dc cinematic universe movie so far and i the, the second it ended i turned because kevin was on one kevin cardinal was on one side and justin was on the other and i turned because justin really likes the ghostbusters remake and obviously cardinal if you listen to gifted punctures really likes uh batman vs superman and i turned to justin i was like that's what ghostbusters should have been and i turned to kevin i was like that's what fucking batman vs superman should have been like it manages to, to, to like to make shit dark and like whatever but fun. also make it fun yeah it's really fucking good and um, it has my second favorite version of the joker ever i don't care that people hated it i loved it i love what joker um all right so <laughs> sorry one you, mention. <laughs> I, I just i literally when i said so i was like wait a minute he didn't finish we only said suicide squad um also sky high Oh, I'm writing that down. It just needs to be on paper because you guys have talked about that on your podcast. And every time Kevin's like, what is that? Is it good? I'm like, are you kidding me? It's so good. Yeah, that's the sky high. Like when I like it's I it's another one of those situations where it's like they take two things I love and just jam together. We're just like I love like teen films, especially like John Hughes teen films. And I love superhero stuff, obviously. And if you jam that shit together. Like that's why I'm really excited for Superman or Spider-Man: Home- Homecoming because everything they've said was that basically their biggest influence. Basically, they want to do John Hughes superheroes. I'm like they've already done that, motherfuckers. It's called Sky High, but I'm happy to see what you do with it. Um, I, I'm officially naming my son Warren Peace Mills. People be like, <laughs> his name's Warren. I'll be like, you're not allowed to say just his first name. You have to say first and middle. It's Warren <laughs> Peace. Okay. I'm doing a thing here, okay? Just humor me. My kid will be like, fuck you, Dad. You're terrible. Right, shut um, up. Go get your little brother General around here. Because it'll be General Mills. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, anyways. anyways. My next one is a movie that like I saw. And actually, I guess it kind of... If you, I guess I could also put like Robocop on this, but even though I'm not going to, because I already used it on a different list. But um, another movie that like I saw as a young kid that like... It's not necessarily a traditional superhero movie per se, but like it's definitely a superhero movie as far as I'm concerned, and definitely like they were intending to make it that way. Um, but it's a uh, Dark Man, which not I, a lot of people have seen. I feel it's so familiar, but here I'm going to Google it's, it while you talk about it. It was Sam Raimi's first like his first taste of superhero stuff because like the whole thing is basically like he wanted to do The Shadow and he couldn't get the rights, 
So he made up his own character, which is basically like a mixture of like Batman and the Shadow and like a bunch of different shit. Um, and it's really fucking good. Like, it's, oh, it's, it's, I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about it, but I've seen it. Like, I don't remember. It's I probably watched it with my mom because this was the type of stuff she used to watch with me because all my brothers were bitches. Oh, and Danny yeah. Elfman did the music, just like everything yep. else ever. No, it was more like everything that, yeah, because for a long time, him and Sam Raimi had a really close relationship. But then I guess they had a falling out, but I think they're friends again now. Oh, Liam Neeson was Darkman. Neat. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. I, I owned it. Yeah, I, I would like to watch that again. I, I don't remember. Re- like, just the cover of the movie, I immediately recognize, and I yeah, I'll get around to it. That looks interesting. Uh, but yeah, the next after that would be uh, Chronicle. Haven't seen which, it, but like, I know you love it. Yeah, it's it's like, it's another thing where it was just like, I, from like, it was before, I, I don't even think I had seen, because it was definitely Max Landis' first big thing, so I don't even know if I knew who we, I mean, I, I had seen him do, he did this, um, because they used to do this show called Master of Horror, where like they would have like um, these guys who are like legendary horror directors basically each do like an hour of television, but basically like an hour like short, or I guess like a, just a slightly shorter um, horror film. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wrote one of the episodes, so I remembered it. And um, but yeah, like when they were doing it, I was just like, I like found footage movies. I like superheroes, so fuck it. And yeah, that's really that was really fucking good. Um, I still don't understand how the fuck you haven't watched it yet, but whatever. That's that's, that's your life and your bad choices. I don't watch movies without you, okay? <laughs> Fair I'm, Patrick, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. <laughs> I, I believe knew that. you were right. <laughs> believe it for so long. I'm all out of love. Okay, I, oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to my last you. honorable mention. Please, God. Okay, Please fine. God, stop. Sorry. I just thought air supply was necessary here is all. I just thought it was a good time to weave it in. Your turn, go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like my last one I'll mention is uh, Unbreakable, which that is a superhero that movie. Was, yeah, yeah. That's 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 one that definitely it came out at a time when they weren't making superhero movies, and like the that's why at first I didn't really care about it because I was just like I didn't really care about M Night Shyamalan in general. Um, but like I had heard like I had so many friends who basically talked about the various aspects of it. I'm like that does sound really interesting, and so I ended up renting it from the video store. I'm like, oh, that was fucking amazing. Like that's. Honestly, in a large to a large extent, probably as close as what I like the vibe that I get when I read Alan Moore's work a lot of the time. It's I pretty much that. exactly what Unbreakable does. That like, makes it's sense. Very, it's, so yeah, that's why like, I thought it was funny because like um, this is a spoiler, I guess. But um, <laughs> sorry not to spoil anything on you guys, but you <laughs> knew this was coming. Um, I haven't got to see it yet because if they if okay. If they had sold Split as being within the same universe as Unbreakable and there'd be a cameo of David Dunn, I would have been there opening night. But because they didn't, I still haven't had the chance to see it yet because I'm trying to find time among other things I need to see. But like the fact that they're finally expanding on that universe makes me phenomenally happy. Because I always really liked that movie and I always really want to see more of it. Because it would tend to be a trilogy to start with. It just They never ended up doing past the first one. So like, and then M. Night Shyamalan's career spiraled almost into oblivion. Um, so I never thought it was going to happen. And then now that's finally like on the precipice, I'm really excited. That, yeah, I didn't, that's another one kind of like the crow where I didn't associate it with a superhero movie, but it totally is. That's on mm-hmm. me. Bad Kevin. <laughs> um, all right. So our number one, um, yeah. I, I just want to preface this by saying, <laughs> remember how, okay, Kevin, Kevin, it's clearly Richard Donner, Superman. We obviously. Know. What were we, th- it's, it's actually, it's, it's actually Superman returns. You remember that hot movie? <laughs> 
Um, I'm not going to lie. I did almost include um, Superman 2, uh, but I couldn't I, decide between Superman 1 and Superman 2. I do love them both, though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like Superman Returns as well. But I wouldn't have judged you at all. Remember when I was on your guys' Gifted Punksters, we talked about Superman for a while, and my mom loves those movies, so they've always are going to have a, a, t- a nice place in my heart. But um, remember how I said we would burn through the five or 10 through five that way our tops could get time to talk well we're already over an hour um i want to do an entire episode about batman you guys have done it like six times and now i want a slice of the pie so with that being said number one's obviously the dark knight it's the greatest it's it's not even just what the greatest superhero movie ever it's in the top 10 movies of all time in my list how could it not be how could it not be no that's i mean Clerks is always probably gonna be my favorite movie just because like That's it fair. came along at the right time. But, like yeah. ever since when Batman Begins came out, I was like, I have a new second favorite movie. And then like um, as soon as Dark Knight came out, I'm like, okay, well I guess I'd knock Batman Begins off the top of the fucking mountain. But like <laughs> I, I, I still love both. Um, I mean it's it's like an embarrassment of riches. Basically, it's like I got this thing that I always wanted, and it's like, oh hey, this is even better. <laughs> so it's like it's like it's like Mortal Kombat, and then getting Mortal Kombat two. Like it just like. It's awesome, and then the next one's even more awesome. I can't, I can't even argue with that. The only, the only thing I'll say that I, about that movie, and this is not, you got just, I got to get this whole thought out. I'll take just like a minute and a half. It is not what, it is not my version of the Joker. Still, Heath Ledger is so good, so good in that. And when I first saw it, I was blown away. It's what, it's what led me to the joker because as i've said a thousand times i've gotten into comics just recently because of you just in the last few years um it's what made me want to be interested in batman and be interested in the joker and his performance is flawless his laugh is phenomenal like the whole like goo like spooky scary but kind of jocular murderer was played off really well and the story is airtight as far as i'm concerned but it is not what i picture if I ever got the ability to write a story that included the Joker or a show or a game or whatever, that's the only qualm I have. It's not against the movie. It's against the Joker. But other than well, that, that's the thing though, is like in lean live action, I have not gotten a perfect yes, version of that works character in my mind. For that universe, like, it works perfectly. Yes. As I'm saying, I love Leto. I do love Ledger. But to me, like, when I think of the Joker, I think of Mark Hamill's Joker on the animated series. So I was like, if See, I was going to pick, the closest to Joker on film that I would pick is, because he's in Mask of the Phantasm, even though he's not a huge part in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, to me, that is the closest to, like, perfect cinematic Joker as I can get. Like, you were working there. Like, the, the, the first year, um, I think we were working together, like, when I was, I don't, I don't know if you were there at that point. But um, when I did the Joker makeup for work. Uh, um, I, that was just before me. I started in November. Okay. It was literally okay. like a week before I started working. All right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, like everybody was just like um, basically giving me shit. And they're just like, it's like, oh, no, it's like too clean. And I was like, I'm not doing ledgers, dude. Like, it's like, I yeah. like ledgers. But That's, like to me, like. Uh, Mason, if like, you're listening to this, fuck your butt, dude. Because Mason stands by that that is the perfect iteration of the joker like why do they even make other jokers now like the comics should kind of like robert downey jr is iron man now like they should just adapt that i'm like screw you man there's so many different ways and there's so much fun to be had that yes as far as the movie goes is perfect but it is no hashtag not my joker you son of a bitch that's the thing. It's like I, I honestly am glad if people like if that's your perfect Joker, like that's honestly that's awesome. Like I'm glad. Yeah, but you it doesn't have, have to be mine. 
No, it's definitely it's not mine. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's fine. Like, but I'm saying I'm happy that people have that. It's yeah. like I still just well, I don't, I mean, I've not gotten my perfect one, and I'm I'm okay with yeah. that. Like, I'm not allowed like, to shit on it. I'm not allowed to shit on it too much because it's the reason I love the Joker. Like for all that, yeah. the, the the image I've built now wouldn't have even started without that movie. So that yeah, uh, it's so oh, it's so intense. Yeah, no, I that, really, was, that was that was definitely like that's 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 like as and, close to like pure like cinema as you can get in like superhero yeah. stuff. Like that that movie is legit like perfect. One of probably the top twenty movies of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. And like, and I mean, like, I mean, like, not just like favorites. I mean, like, actually, like, in terms of like, yeah, like Citizen King Godfather like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like, it's anyone that says anything differently is just fucking snob. I do have to say that. So f- allegedly, they wanted to keep like remember like if Leto if uh, not Leto if um Heath Ledger hadn't died, he was gonna appear in the third movie in some way. Yeah. Um, I have this as a thing for us to talk about, and in the future, we talk, we will talk about it, but. I have this thing with stuff ending. I like endings. I like having a specific sample size, and I'm going to bitch about it on... You know what? The next podcast. Sure, I'll go on record right now saying this will be our next podcast. Um, Harry Potter, Star Wars, endless comic stuff, um, even like some Kevin Smith stuff because I'm really into him right now. I like endings. Don't Mm. stretch things past their breaking point. Don't jump the shark, so to speak. If So when they... when Even though it's awful what happened to Heath Ledger and all that bullshit the fact that that's where it ends with him laughing tied up by the Batman perfect mm. I'm happy just if even if he had lived on that should have just been the definitive end for me I love it I don't know I don't I don't really I mean I I, I, don't, I like things I like the like the, there's the line in the movie where like he's just like I think you and I are destined to do this forever like that's the thing yeah, is like yeah, yeah. I would have been fine if the villain of three had been the Joker. Um, but at the same time, I'm still fine. With the last image of the Joker being him swinging to the camera, tied up laughing, laughing maniacally. <laughs> like, um, and I'm okay with the third movie having the villains be Bane and Talia. Like, yeah, it's like, so it's like, yeah. So I'm just saying like, but like, yeah, no, there's, there's not, I, I honestly, I can't even really, I don't think I can really put into words. Like I mean, I went, I went basically went on at length because basically we did an episode on Gifted Punkters for our 50th anniversary or 50th uh, special, where um, we basically uh, it was me, him, and uh, Justin Stark all doing kind of our preferred versions of Batman, like basically like our our most perfect versions, our favorite versions. Oh, I remember that one. That was a good one. And I picked the Nolan verse because to me, like that scene is like that's like despite what you might want to say about uh, Dark Knight Rises or whatever the fuck. Like, to me, like, that is as close to what I've always wanted that I, that's why, like, to this day, like, I'm more accepting of other interpretations of Batman than I ever was before, like, because I already got my perfect version. I feel like if you, if you ask me to, like, like, what, if you, it's like, basically, if you're just like, I want to see Batman, like, yeah, I would give you year one in the comics, but if you didn't want to read it, I would just give you the Nolan trilogy at the very least just Dark Knight and if you like that's Batman. Watch it, like, live it, love it. Exactly. Um all right, that's that's oh, yeah. I'm going we're going to do next episode will be why doesn't shit end, but but sometime I want to do a Batman episode entirely cuz like I said, I'm learning more and I'm enjoying it, but I still think he's kind of a bitch and I'll defend that at a later date. But let's let's slide right out of this. Let's slip slip and slide our way to our f- who's who and we will do 
quick ones, and I've got okay. a couple in mind. So, uh, <laughs> number one, who's who? Tommy and Chucky from the Rugrats. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I guess you're probably going to say that I'm not Tommy. <laughs> no, I I, I <laughs> do think you're Tommy. I, I, okay. will, I will give you... but. So, because we always do this in in who would win in a fight, is we find different ways to get an answer out of Patrick because he likes to play the oh, well this that and the other. Um, I would I will I would definitely this isn't one where I'm gonna vehement ve- what's that word vehemently I can't pronounce it yeah uh, say you're one or the other but I'm gonna give you the spread of forty sixty Tommy to Chucky mainly <laughs> for Chucky's inability to how do i say this (laughs) you're not good at grown-up decisions if that makes sense and i don't mean i don't mean you're good with finances you're really good with those you you handle your shit you always pay your bills good for you woo 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 um but other than that when it comes to like like housework and general handiness you're super sketched out by it whereas tommy's like the the Bob the Builder of the group. He's the one coming up with that kind of nonsense. That's why I give you more Chucky. That's the thing that leads me that way. Well, yeah, I mean, and also the crippling anxiety. But that, yeah. Okay, yes, that that plays into it. Yes, his 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 nervousness in unfamiliar situations is very Patrick-esque. Yes. Um, um, but I do feel like kind of there's more elements of Tommy in me that I feel like than Chucky, but I do feel so, like there's some, definitely some big Chucky things in So there. then my question would be, Cause yeah, you you've got the whole like, um, when you're comfortable, you've got like the charismatic leadership aspect to you. Obviously, I mean, I gravitated to that part of you. But does your let's say three, four, five things of Tommy outweigh the one or two things that are so Chucky that are just like undeniably you? Yes. Like, okay. Honestly, I okay. Do, I I feel like like that thing. Like. like when you first said that, I was like, you're going to make me Chucky, but I feel more like Tommy. No, that's fine. Now, the beauty of this game is I'm not asking you which one you are. I'm asking which of us fits into both rows, so we have to be even. How am I Chucky at all? I'm not saying I'm Tommy, trust me, but how <laughs> am I Chucky at all? We should probably be feeling little as anything. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, you know what? We're going to put a Barry Bonds asterisk next to this. This isn't happening. We're just feeling little. <laughs> Scratch okay, it. Because <laughs> we're... There's just no Chucky in this group. Uh, <laughs> number two, who are those two people and why did I put them there? Oh, um, <laughs> if I don't put last names or the shows they come from, I like really confuse myself. Um, who's who? Ted and Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I feel like you're probably a little bit more Marshall than I am because he's a little bit more over the top. He is um, eccentric. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like you're more, and also the fact that he's like married and everything, like that—that that was what I was gonna say. In my favor, is he's been with his lady since the beginning of time. The show makes it seems, and yeah. they're literally inseparable. So yeah, I there is nothing more like that than me and Franny. So I, I, I don't really think you're the only the reason why I was gonna make you Marshall was obviously a stature. I mean, you're just a big yeah. guy. Marshall's a big yeah. guy. But there's also a bunch of funny fight scenes where Marshall shows to be like an actually a decent fighter. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever, you big, because they, they call him Marshmallow. Um, yeah. You big Marshmallow. And then he kicks ass. So I was going to say that's funny too. But um, I'll take Marshall. Yeah, I'm all I'm all in. 
I mean, you're it not. It is funny though. Like, uh, there's this one girl who I'm friends with, who uh, we were in a bar once. I don't even know if she. I don't even know if she remembers this. Um, but like, she um, said I looked like Jason Siegel and was like, I feel like I'm offended by this. <laughs> and she's like, she's, she's just like, she's like, no, he's really handsome. He's like, you're really handsome. And just like, but you're also like really tall and blah blah. I'm like. All right, I guess rock on. Like, you, you, you prejudiced son of a bitch. What all t- tall people look like? I hate you. Um, now that that's fair. Plus, Ted is single. You're single. Um, you, you, I, I don't know what else you guys have in common. I'm You're sadly both... romantic to the extent that I get horribly depressed. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. You can push people away with how romantic you can be. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hashtag struggles. Am I right, my yes. man? Um, yes, last <laughs> one, and there is only one acceptable answer, Patrick. You cannot mess this up. It is both a fluffer for myself and just logical. Who's who? This is a shout out. Jeff helped me with this one. Who's who? HBK and Triple H. Uh, well, clearly I'm HBK. No, you are. <laughs> I'm not. fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with oh, you. Oh man. Um, yeah, I will I've... say I'm much more like triple h of like the like cerebral assassin era that i am like dx like um like D- sean michaels and mm-hmm. like when they when they were like dx together mm-hmm. like i'm definitely not that triple h that triple h is not me at all but that when i'm closer to, to sean michaels because he was just kind of a douchebag but um, <laughs> fair enough um but like with like the like more like flamboyant sean michaels and the more like badass destroyer triple h like that's definitely us <laughs> oh it's 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 a dynamic duo yeah like it, like with the original version like i'm definitely it, it definitely me being closer to hbk but like if we're going how, like with like how, how they the, ended their careers the, if you yeah, just like take all of what they were yeah totally uh, awesome love it and hbk is my favorite person of all time okay whoa <laughs> whoa Nick Cage is my favorite person of all time just because he starred in Con Air. But <laughs> HBK is close. All right. Uh, let's roll right. Keep 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 it on moving. We are going to play Who Would Win in a Fight, Patty. And we're going to... Sorry, I know you hate that. I don't know why it happened. I, I regretted it instantly, <laughs> but it's too late. I, we can't go back in time. Uh, and this is just going to be all comic book people because that's what we did today. We just did comic book stuff. So... Who would win in a fight, Killer Croc versus the Lizard? Um, I would say, uh, I mean, Croc is definitely like more like I would say like Lizard. I always feel like be quicker, but Croc is definitely like more of a bruiser. He's strong. Yeah, he's the brute. He's the bouncer. Yeah. So I feel like if if like if Lizard just kind of like pecked at him, like <laughs> he would eventually wear him down. But like it's basically like, it's like um. It's like if you the best example I can think of, if you remember like at the uh, in Jurassic Park, like when um, the Velociraptors go after the T Rex. Yes. And like it, it's very much like that. It's like, but there's think, only one lizard, not multiple. Well, yeah, I know. I was saying like, but like, I feel like that's the way he would kind of have to fight him. Basically, he would basically just kind of like pick his shots and just try to do his like just hope to wear him out and take him out before that. Because if, if like Croc got like one good shot in, like it's over. So. You know what? No, no, I'm not gonna do any like spreads or your stories. I just want a definitive. Who wins in a fight? Just, just a, just a gut choice. I would say Croc. Okay, that's a good one. Kyla Croc's badass, and I think like I read a because they just Suicide Squad just won the Oscar. I uh, I read a thing that was like, listen, I get it. 
Suicide Squad's a shitty movie in critics' opinion. But did you see Killer Croc? That makeup alone was so good. Really, that's like a really piece of that stupid meme going around Facebook where it was like um, the picture of like Harley when she got out of um, like whatever she like kind of like the whole like Ditzy. melted makeup. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the water run down like kind of. Yeah, and they were like, um, this one the Oscar for best makeup, and then it was like some sci-fi movie. I can't remember what it was. Um, didn't and like I had like my friends like Brooke Hurd and the guy called bullshit. I'm like. Oh fuck you! You're picking one example versus like Killer Croc and fucking like Diablo. Like suck my fucking cock, dude. Yeah, Diablo like, was really good. Like, like, yeah. I mean, don't fucking. T- and like, I mean, all the fucking weird like monsters that exist in that movie. Like, there's like a yeah. million little monsters. Even like, the multiple changes between who's her tits there, the Enchantress. Like when when she's yeah. in her like the the kind of scary Enchantress mode, the black smoke. That was she looked yeah. amazing. Yeah, that, like, that that movie earned its fucking Oscar. I don't fucking care what anyone says. Um, all right, so that one goes to the Croc Monster. Which one? How about this? Who would win in a fight? Storm versus Wonder Woman. Wonder that Woman! Happened. That happened what? in Marvel vs. DC. Uh, that was one of the stupid things where they let fans vote and you got the wrong answer. Uh, um, I would say absolutely without a fucking shadow of that, Wonder Woman would fucking kill her because wonder woman is a fucking soldier and a fucking warrior she's an amazon like is storm more powerful probably but like i feel like fucking wonder (laughs) woman can stand toe-to-toe with fucking doomsday yeah like you're not gonna tell me that storm's gonna beat her in a fight like well i mean and and aside from that storm has it's it's one of those things where it's like wonder woman's literally brute strength like her speed her invulnerability well not invulnerability but she's you know above average uh her strength would just uh, like yeah throw a lightning bolt at me but i'm gonna get to you before you can hit me yeah that's like it's like, it's like the whole thing it was like like storm brings the storm wonder woman is the storm yeah so like <laughs> so yeah <laughs> there was a there was a I, I, we're gonna definitively call that too yeah wonder woman's way more badass than she gets credit for there was a funny meme on the internet um well not a meme but a little comic strip and it was superman and her standing side by side and people are shooting bullets at him and superman's just yeah, standing there with jiggles. his chest yeah chest she's blocking he's like wait you're pretty much invulnerable why are you blocking them and she puts her wrist down and her they hit her boobs and they start jiggling you know and you just see like little words going he he and she's like that's why <laughs> uh gotta always gotta always point out the boobies um who <laughs> would win in a fight i feel like this one is not gonna it might be way more like night and day than i'm giving it credit for but i think it'd be funny mr fantastic versus the flash i mean i mean mr fantastic the fact that he's smarter than the flash and can probably find a way like because granted the flash is very on he's very intelligent but like mr fantastic is like super intelligent so like i feel like Mr. Fantastic would find a way to neutralize him, and yeah, Mr. Fantastic would win. Because so the thing I was thinking of um, was like, so the the Flash, the Flash obviously is the Flash super fast. Could Mr. Fantastic like stretch his body onto the ground out so that when the Flash got within it, like his feet got trapped in the rubber rolls, and he could like grab him that way? I mean, as I'm saying, is that an is that? Or make him slip and fall or do, like, but I'm saying powers like, alone, because like, yeah, Reed Richards is the, yeah, genius. Yeah, powers but. to powers, yes. I mean, definitely yes. I mean, I still feel like, yeah. But I mean, with just the fact that Reed Richards' intelligence would just find a way to, like, neutralize the Flash right away. So it would just be like, 
yeah, all right. That, that was a nice <laughs> little thing you did there, buddy. <laughs> back to your little, back to your, your little universe. <laughs> you get out of here. Yeah, I want to do, um, I want to do another comic creation episode with you because I've been thinking a lot about the Fantastic Four and I could have some fun with them. But yeah, there's our three and three. Who's who and who would win in a fight? Yeah, I need to learn how to get sound effects in here so I can get like a, <sighs> like every time I finish one of those. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Fair oh, enough. That's just me. Um, anyways, uh, let's round out the show. I had a few fun science facts about Sir Isaac Newton. Patrick, okay. do you know much about, about the, the Newtster? No, not really, I guess. Well, besides the obvious, he, uh, theorized gravity. He's the man who, you can't, I mean, discovered is like a weird word for what gravity is, but yes, he discovered gravity. Um, he did way more than that. In the book I'm reading, he like was able to calculate uh well, well okay not calculate but give us the ability to calculate the mass of the earth um like 200 years before anyone actually did it he was without a doubt the smartest man to ever walk this earth in my opinion as far as what i've read about him but he was also batshit insane <laughs> kind of like you know how um uh, who's his name? The dude who invented, well, quote unquote, invented like the light bulb and such. Um, oh, Kevin, I'm just thinking of Tesla. Who was the guy that was button heads with Tesla? Uh, Edison. Yeah, you know how Edison is like historically one of the biggest douchebags of all time. Yes. Newton is one of the craziest people of all time. So he came up. His he literally sat on a journal that held all of these absurd algebra and uh like geometry and and all these different equations and like all this different fucking bullshit math that i don't understand for like 40 years just because he was he just didn't care and then when you're like when someone finally asked him about it he's like oh yeah check this out and he handed them this book and it was literally a revelation in the mathematic community um but newton has books and books and books of him trying to figure out how to how to make the sorcerer's stone he believed full-heartedly in alchemy and his greatest ambition was to find the philosopher's stone uh and be able to turn any metal into gold like he he spent all if he wasn't doing math and science he was just like i bet i can turn this into gold and that's how he spent he spent like i can't remember in the book it says it it was like you know how everyone spends you know you spend an hour a day playing your video games and then you watch a movie you go to work you make lunch he would spend about 30 percent of his time just on alchemy because he was fucking insane um he also believed i wanted to find so i don't misquote it he believed that the bible had a secret code in it that would lead him to an ancient civilization and he yeah, spent I've an absurd amount before. of time trying to figure it out yeah like, he learned Latin just so that he could read the Latin Bible to find more in that, to find the clues in that. And it's like, it's you're not going to find anything, Newton. Um, many people believe... That's like, have you ever seen Pi, the movie Pi? I have not. That's kind of like this, that's basically the plot of Pi. Was, um, it's like this group that's basically trying to find... Well, it basically, the basic plot is like this guy who discovered something that he, like, kind of basically eventually drives him insane. But... Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people who's chasing him, or one of the groups that's chasing him, are these people who, like these religious people, who believe that basically in these numbers you can basically access God. 
Oh my God. Why not? Right. Numbers are everything. Um, <laughs> he never married, never dated and swore women off most times. And there's the, the consensus among scholars is he died a virgin. Oh, Fair enough. Sad. He was too busy trying to turn shit into gold. Um, <laughs> Uh, is there anything else super interesting about this crazy ass dude? Probably not. Um, he discovered or demonstrated for the first time in 1665, the, uh, dispersive prism phenomenon, you know, the, the dark side of the moon cover where they show, yeah. you know, yeah, like those. I, 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 I don't, I don't prism, yes. Yeah. I but do. if I don't explain it at all and someone's like, yeah, I, um, what you want me to Google shit now? I'm listening to a podcast that for free that I just happened to stumble upon. And now you want me Googling shit? No, you Google shit. You tell me what I need to hear. I don't have time for that, Patrick. I'm very uh, sorry. <laughs> did you, and this is, this is the last one. I'll end it on this. There's plenty more science stuff. I would love to talk about Newton sometime. If you want to do an entire episode one day, if you're feeling saucy, but uh, he has history's most valuable tooth. Fun okay. fact. One of his teeth was sold in an auction in 1816 for approximately $3,600. So in today, you know, with inflation and all that shit, in today's term, about thirty-five grand, if someone paid for one of Sir Isaac Newton's teeth. Fair enough. Jesus. You know, all right. you got everything else going on for you. Why not sell some really dope-ass teeth? I guess. Uh, <laughs> but that's a that's that's as good a place as any to end it. Good um, call. <laughs> Uh, if you like listening to Patrick's voice, he does a podcast with Kevin Cardinal called Gifted Punksters. It's pretty dope. I recommend checking it out if you like comics and just skipping over the music ones. Just me. That's just me. The music ones are it's, also really it's good. It's just me. It's just me. Uh, if They're you like very good. If you like my voice, I do another podcast called What Did I Just Say, where I can't even begin to explain what it's about. It's kind of like this podcast where I kind of feel saucy and I talk to my friends about it. That's what it, it's what I do on my free time. I might get into alchemy, though. I feel like that's something a little bit better use of my time. Maybe. Sure. sure. Be on, you're on my side. Be on my side, Patrick. I'm encouraging you. <laughs> um, otherwise, this has been another wonderful, super-duper, splendiferous episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. What do I usually end this with singing? How do I get through one night Jesus. without a you? Should have done like the, the uh, Wham song from Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Careless Whisper? Yeah. All right. Well, for all of you wondering how this is going to fade out, just be greeted by the wonderful sounds of Wham. Take it away, George. <laughs> mm.